Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome back. Coming up after 2 o'clock, we will talk about North Korea. The U.S. and the North Koreans headed for some kind of confrontation. Well, we'll get some, some thoughts from uh, an expert on the subject after 2 o'clock. I want to talk right now, though, about access to information in Alberta. I guess the public's access, uh, the right to access information. Now, Alberta's Information and Privacy Commissioner warned back in November that the situation was approaching a crisis. And it doesn't sound as though much has improved since then. The Information and Privacy Commissioner yesterday tabled two reports. Uh, One of them concerns allegations of delays and possible interference in the governments of Alberta's handling of access requests. Now, it goes on to make the case for some needed changes in the legislation. So I want to get a better understanding uh, of what's going on here. Jill Clayton is Alberta's Information and Privacy Commissioner. She joins us on the line here this afternoon. Jill, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Hi, thanks very much for having me, Rob. All right. Well, what, what are the laws that we're talking about here, first of all? Okay. Um, well, the two reports that we tabled yesterday both involve the Freedom of Information and Protection of Privacy Act. So most people um, are familiar, they'll hear things like, I made a FOIP request or I FOIPed that. Um, so this is legislation that allows anybody a right of access to um, information in the, that's held by governments. Um, there are some limited and specific exceptions to access, but generally um, citizens have a right to access government information. Right. So any citizen, or I mean, often it's people in the media, but any any citizen can file one of those requests to to obtain information that is supposed to be available to the public. What what role then do, do you play and does your office play? Well, if, let's say, Rob, that you've made a request for access to information and you've gotten back a response package and you find that you maybe received some of the information that you wanted um, or that you requested, but other um, records have been withheld from you, maybe they've been blacked out or maybe they've got uh, possibly entirely blacked out or maybe they're, they're... uh, there are black marks redacting some information. If you think, yeah, I'm not sure that that's you know the way it should be. I think I have. I should be able to access this. Um, if you question that response, you can come to me, and it's my job to take a look at what has been um, withheld from you. And because I'm not uh, not partisan, I'm an independent officer of the legislature, we'll look at that. We have no no stake in any of this. So we look at it and say, does the exception under the Act apply? So can they legitimately withhold this information from you? And um, if they can, then we're your independent review body. You can trust that we're not trying to hide anything from you. We're reviewing this request to see if that um, or the response to see if the exception to access, if it's been properly withheld. Um, but in some cases, we'll look at it and say, mm, you know what, um, that exception to access doesn't apply. And then I do have the ability to order the, the government body, the public body, to give you that information. 
Okay, so what, what you've detailed in this report this week, though, is that as you've been following up on some, some allegations of delays or, or even interference in handling FOIP requests, uh, that, that you've been stymied somewhat. Is that the case? Yes, yes exactly. Well, explain that. Uh, so one of the reports that we released is um, uh, concerns an investigation that I announced uh, way back in May of 2014. And the reason I had... Um, initiated this investigation there were, there were a whole bunch of factors that were um, that were at play at that time so for example i was hearing all, uh, actually receiving a lot of requests for time extensions by government bodies right they were coming to me and saying um, we need more time to respond to these access requests so i was a bit concerned that there were delays um, as evidenced by all these requests for time extensions um, there were there weren't very good stats uh, the uh, on how long it was taking government public bodies to respond to access requests. And I had a couple of letters um, asking me to uh, to investigate, to find out if there were delays in responding to access requests, and if so, why was it taking so long? There were also a number of allegations floating around that this was, that there was political interference. Um, so the access request process is not supposed to be political at all. It's, it's, uh, compliance with legislation, um, but there were allegations that there was some political um, interference in all of that. So that's why I announced um, or initiated the investigation, and I announced it in um, in May of 2014. And then uh, during the, the course of investigating this, um, you know, we intended to uh, interview those involved in processing access requests throughout uh, various government bodies. We asked for um, records that were related to how they had responded to um, to access requests in the past. And what we got back were completely blacked out pages in some cases. Um, 30% of the records that we received had been either fully or partially redacted, and, and that included almost actually over 460 pages, so almost a ream of paper that was completely blacked out. And is that unusual? I suspect it is, but... Uh, certainly on that scale it is. Yeah. Um, we have seen a lot more uh, pushback on um, obtaining records uh, in the last few years, since around 2012, 2013. Um, and, and that's pushback in particular on records that... Uh, that the the public body says are subject to solicitor client privilege um, so and that and that um, in this case uh, it, it wasn't exactly explained to us at first why we were receiving these redacted records but um, ultimately I think that's that's the issue at stake here is that uh, the claim was that these were records that um, if they were if given to me um, that they would reveal uh, legal advice that had been given to the government Right, and, and and I also understand that some of the people you interviewed were were then represented by government lawyers. Yes, that's right. Um, a, a lawyer uh, with Alberta Justice was assigned to represent each of the the government ministries that um, that we were investigating, and I think that was ultimately we we investigated all of them. I think it was nineteen at the the time, although I might be slightly off on that number. So there was a lawyer that represented. Um, the same lawyer represented all of those ministries and then also represented um, all of the individual foot coordinators that we uh, wanted to interview and, and sat through those interviews. All right. So, I mean, this, this is your job. Your job is to, to conduct these sorts of investigations. Are you saying then this renders you unable to, to do your job? 
Well, I think in this case, um, you know, we, we don't want to just sort of throw in the towel. We tried very hard to, um, to obtain information that we needed for this investigation um, and ultimately you know, tried to come to findings. There were three objectives for the investigation that basically boiled down to are there delays? If there are delays, what's causing them? And is there any evidence of interference? So we tried to make findings uh, based on the information that we had in front of us. Um, but at the end of the day, I, due to some of those challenges in the process, including uh, the, the representation issue, which we'd never seen before in an investigation, and the the um, the records we received or or didn't receive or the redacted records that we received, I'm not comfortable with the findings. I can't I can't go out there and say um, and and reassure Albertans that there is no interference. Um, we did make some conclusions about some of the factors that contribute to delays, but ultimately I I can't stand by the report and say. You know, we've investigated this thoroughly, we've looked at all the evidence, and I can reassure you that there's no problem here. I can't do that in this case. Okay, so what needs to happen then, in your view? Well, the second report that we tabled yesterday is, um, or we've called it a, a special report to the Legislative Assembly. So um, maybe what I will say is that that the first report deals with this investigation that I, I undertook to look at... Um, you know, the potential problem of systemic delays in responding to access requests. Another big piece of work that my office does, as I mentioned to you, if you were to make a request for access and you weren't happy with the response that you received, we are the independent um, neutral oversight body you can come to and we'll look at, um, typically we look at whatever records you requested um, and look at what was actually given to you and we'll try to say, one way or the other, yes, you got what you needed to get, or you should be getting more information. Um, when solicitor-client privilege is claimed over those records, we're having a, um, again, because we're not getting those records, we try to get information about whether or not that, um, whether or not the records really are privileged. If we can't get enough information, then, then we will ask to see the records, but I'm not getting those records, so I'm unable to... Um, to make those decisions either, just on, on standard access because it, All right. Well, it sounds like then the government's being intransigent here. The government is, is interfering. So do, do, we need, I mean, do we need to change the laws to make it easier for you to conduct these investigations? Or we do, do we need to say to the government, stop interfering? Well, that, that is the, the, the second report um, that we released yesterday. That is a report that I made to the Legislative Assembly. Um, I'm an officer of the, leg of the legislature. Yeah. I report to the entirety of the Legislative Assembly. So I thought, because this issue speaks to my ability as an independent officer to do my job, my very core functions, I submitted the report to the Legislative Assembly as a whole to say, this this act needs amending. I don't have the powers that I need to do my job to provide this independent review of, of government and, um, and access request responses. So I've asked for explicit language in the legislation that would allow me to compel these records when necessary. What about the issue of cost, by the way? Does that fall in the purview of your office? If I make an access to information request, but the government tells me it's going to cost thousands of dollars, can I come to you and say that that doesn't seem right? Absolutely you can. That is another part of my function. So you could, if you received a request that said, is this going to cost you $80,000, you can come to us and we will review that fee estimate. How are those costs determined, by the way? 
there is a, a schedule that is attached to the legislation, so it's part of the legislation uh, that sets out the maximum amount that a government uh, public body can charge for certain, you know, some of the, the activities related to responding to a request for access. So, um, And the idea behind fees, of course, is that uh, fees are not supposed to be a disincentive uh, to making access requests. It's not supposed to... Um, to to be so um, so high that that it, you you can't afford to access government information and government information um, belongs to the citizens and you have citizens have a right to access that information subject to these very specific exceptions so we don't want to see fees becoming a barrier to access um, if you think that government is trying to charge way more than they should be. Um, or, or that access to the information is in the public interest. Those are things you can come to my office for. Okay. So now I, I suppose the ball is in the legislature's courts, as it were. Yes. Um, you know, this question of whether or not uh, the, the legislation right now gives me the power to compel these records went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has said um, that the language is not explicit enough to give me that power and said, you know, the legislature... Um, the current language does not indicate that the legislature turned its mind to this issue um, and explicitly intended that I would have that power. So I have put this to the legislature. Um, I'm asking them to turn their minds to this. And um, as, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's very, very difficult to complete an investigation. As, as evidenced here, we can't come to solid findings. Um, it's very difficult to review access request responses in some cases when we can't get information about um, whether or not the claim of privilege applies. Um, so in cases like that, when I need information to perform my legislated functions, so by law, this is what I am supposed to do, um, you know, is it the legislature's intention that I should have the power to do that? All right. Well, people can read more, by the way. OIPC.ab.ca is the website for your, your office. Uh, Jill Clayton, thank you so much for joining us here today. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks very much, Robert. All right. Appreciate that is uh, Alberta's Information and Privacy Commissioner Jill Clayton. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.